It's National First Responders Day. So let's fire them all. Yeah, that's pretty much the motto of our politicians in this country. That and Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, joins us on I'm Right. I used to lie to my kids a lot. Let me explain. Let me explain. Yes, I'm a bad dad, but not those kind of lies. When they were kids... I used to have so much fun. I mean, they're, they're, what are they, 11 and 12 now? 11 and 12, about to be 11 and 13. But when they were smaller, I used to tell them things like, hey, you know, the Incredible Hulk? That's actually me. And you could tell they, they believe you all in at first. And then eventually they grow older and they say things like, well, Dad, I don't understand. If you're the Incredible Hulk, why haven't, why haven't we ever seen you turn into the Hulk? And I know I've got to hang on to this lie, right? So I'll tell them things like, well, I mean, you've never made me angry enough. I try to control it. I don't want to get anyone hurt, you know, stuff like that. But then they get older and they get older and they get older. And eventually, time has this way of hashing out what is a lie and what is the truth, doesn't it? Just has a way of doing it. We have vaccine mandate madness. You've been hearing all kinds of things about vaccine mandates in America. Joe Biden came out, of course, with that famous press conference. Every employer over over 100 people. Of course, he's going to require the military. The military has to. Every federal employee. You have politicians like Bill de Blasio. Everyone in New York has to have a vaccine to even eat in a restaurant. All of our cops, all of our firefighters. These It's vaccine mandate time. And then they came out and they made all these announcements, right? So we've been arguing about vaccines and vaccine this and vaccine mandates and the damage it'll do and so on and so forth. And then they've gone to step two. First, they said these vaccine mandates were coming. And then they've been out there touting the successes of it. How many speeches have you seen from Joe Biden? This 99% of this airline is vaccinated. We're seeing over 90% here and over 90% there. It's working. It's a huge success. De Blasio's out there saying the same type of stuff. They're a huge success. But here's the thing. The kids are getting older and they're starting to pick up on something. And the entire United States of America is about to find something out. I'm not the Incredible Hulk. What do I mean? What am I talking about? Well, the mandates haven't actually been official yet in most places. Even most private businesses. My show, the emails fill up my show every day of Jesse, my employer's mandating it November. Jesse, my employer's mandating it December. November and December seems to be the two months most of these employers have picked to say this date you're vaccinated or you're fired the federal government same situation you have till this date or you're fired new york's is actually coming sooner than that we'll get to that in a moment what i'm trying to tell you is first we got the mandate announcements then we got the lies about the success of the mandates but up to this point in time it's all smoke and mirrors We don't actually know what the real fallout is going to be because the mandates haven't become official yet. The moment hasn't come yet where tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, let's just be honest about it, millions of people across the United States of America 
are about to lose their job because they don't want a vaccine for a virus they're not concerned about. Millions. And I just want to make sure everybody's very, very clear about something. There's not a super surplus of workers out there. I mean, people who are employed. When you're a business of any, of any size, I don't care if you're a mom and pop shop with five employees or you're Amazon with who knows how many tens of thousands of employees they have, but I don't care what size your business is. Businesses, they don't tend to make a lot of money by hiring extra people. Your business, in general, most businesses individually, they hire just the right amount of people they need. Sometimes a little bit less, so they ask people to do a little bit more. Why? Because that all goes to the bottom line. So what happens to the United States economy? Remember, the United States economy is made up by businesses. Businesses make the economy. What happens to the United States economy if even 1% says bye-bye. And we all know it'll be greater than that. Pick your number, 5, 10, 20, I don't know. I'm not in every home. I can't see. But what do you think is about to happen? What I'm telling you is, as we go into all these details, you don't have any idea of the pain that's coming. And I'll be honest with you, I don't either. I, I, don't, have the, I, I don't have any idea. I, know, I do know what we've heard so far is a lot of promises. You know, our Dad's the Incredible Hulk. We're about to find out that isn't the Incredible Hulk. We're about to find out the real cost of these things, and the cost is going to be high. I mean, let's take the military alone. 468,000. That's how many military members are not fully vaccinated. 468,000. Check your calendar. November 28th, that's the deadline. If you're not fully vaccinated by then, you're toast. And... We have video after video after video of these guys speaking out. You should see my emails, email after email after email. Jesse, I've done 10 years. Jesse, I've done 20 years. Jesse, 24 years, multiple deployments, and they're just going to throw me out like trash. It's awful. Here's a couple of them. Every day for this job, for this country, and having these freedoms taken away just feels like, I don't know. Just slap in the face, honestly. Stab in the back. Like... Just, I'm kind of shocked right now. I just, we want things set up for us now. Like we're, we're focused on getting out because we're going to be civilian soon. Within a month. Yeah, within a month. And we're just trying to figure out thing, how things will go from, from now. So we don't have any jobs lined up. We're in the process of that now. We're both young airmen. We've been in for over a little two years. And, you know, to be honest, we don't have much to show for it. We don't have much savings. We don't get paid much money at all, especially for the job that we do. Just awful. And it's not just airmen who've been in for two years. The stories we're hearing, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years in, I've got to leave. I've got to get kicked out. Jesse, I guess I'm going to go do something else. Just awful. People die because of these decisions. When you just lose that institutional knowledge of somebody who's spent 15, 20 years doing something and then he's gone and you replace him with some snot-nosed kid, you don't just recover from that. All warm bodies are not the same. This is (sighs) catastrophic. If it's even 5%, it's catastrophic. Oh, 
And I was trying to be nice there when I said 5%. Have you seen the numbers just out of New York? Because remember, their vaccine mandate, it's about to come into effect for firefighters and cops and everyone else. 32% of firefighters and 25% of police officers haven't had the vaccine yet. They have till tomorrow night at 5 p.m. to get it or they're gone. And I want... I want everyone to understand something because I think it's important because we have to step beyond percentages and headlines and whatnot. I want everyone to understand what that looks like, right? Before any vaccine mandate, retirements were already up on the NYPD 400%. 400%. They were already losing cops faster than they can get more in. You know what it's like when 5%, 10%, 25% of the police force goes bye-bye? You want to know what that actually looks like in real life? It looks like somebody gets their door kicked in and they hide underneath their bed and they call 911 because they're pretty sure they're about to die. Their kids are in the next room crying and screaming. And they get a hold of the operator and the operator says, I'm sorry, all of our officers are in other calls. It might be 20 or 30 minutes. That's what it looks like. Imagine if there's a fire. Here's the head of the firefighters union. As it stands right now, thousands of New York City firefighters that have put their lives on the line for New York City during the pandemic are being given a mandate to get vaccinated or lose their jobs. I'm worried. I'm worried that hundreds of my members that have told me they will not comply, I'm worried for them. I'm worried about their jobs, but I'm also worried for the New York City residents. I have told my members that if they choose to remain unvaccinated, they must still report for duty. And if they are told that they cannot work, it will be the department and the city of New York that sends them home, and it will be the department and the city of New York that has failed to protect the citizens of the city of New York. The blame will not be on New York City firefighters. Putting people out of work for making a personal health choice is something we can never accept. It's very hard to, to staff the firehouses as it is. We will definitely be closing firehouses if uh, the amount of people that have told me they're not going to get vaccinated, if they get sent home, there's going to be a serious operational problem. Uh, and that's why I fear for New York City residents. You know, the fire season is coming but also we re respond to medical events as well. Just want to clarify what he meant there when he said fire season is coming. If you're in a cool place, you'll know what he's talking about. If you're in Texas like I am, you don't probably. People go inside when it gets cold outside. People use a lot of different ways to heat themselves in their homes. A lot of electric heaters, a lot more being inside. It's just the season where there are a lot more fires and we're about to cut, what was the number? 30%? 30% of the New York City's fire department is about to go away? Catastrophic. People will die because of this. Die. It's that big of a deal. I mean, look, I just brought up crime. Crime wasn't doing well in New York before this. Before this. Because of all the anti-cop crap. And cops leaving. They're all going down to Florida and Texas. And look... These people are so callous. Uh, they're so insulated from the real world. The people making these decisions, they just, not only do they not care, this is Bill de Blasio, they can't even act like they care. Is it more challenging to find substitutes for first responders? Well, I don't think it's so much, um, Elizabeth, about substitutes. I mean, obviously, when we we're talking about teachers, we have a history of substitute teachers. It's a different reality. It is about overtime. It is about uh, shifting assignments to where there's particular need. Um, our 
Remember, our first responder agencies, our uniform agencies, went through so much last year where they had huge numbers of members out because of COVID, and they had to keep making constant adjustments to provide the services we need to keep people safe, and they did it, and they did it very well. So um, these are very agile organizations used to dealing with crisis, used to dealing with natural disasters. They know plenty about how to make the right moves to keep everything going. Of course. Look, we're just gonna uh, work some overtime. And we'll, we'll, what did he say? We'll shift some things around. That's yeah, 30% of the workforce. Just do some shifting. Just a little shifting will help. No, people will die. People are gonna die because of this. I haven't even gotten to the healthcare workers. And they're protesting out in front of Bill de Blasio's house. And I thought this uh, municipal worker, one of the protesters, summed it up pretty nicely. The ability to choose is our God-given right. Our free will. The right to choose for ourselves, our families, our loved ones. This is our bodies, not yours. We worked through the, this pandemic over a year. We worked, we worked, we worked tirelessly, long hours, without fear, boldly, took care of us as the citizens of the city of this New York. We answered countless, countless calls, countless EMS emergencies and other emergencies to keep the city safe. We are citizens of the United States of America, New Yorkers. That gone. Woman's got me fired up over here. And look, we don't want to end this all bad, all right? There are places out there. When I tell you to move, I've told you to move how many times? I want you to look at Heavy D, Ron DeSantis in Florida. This is why I want you to move. Today, the state of Florida has filed uh, another lawsuit against the Biden administration. This lawsuit challenges the Biden administration's order uh, imposing a vaccine mandate on federal contractors, which was uh, starting was going to apply on December 8th. And so just because you're a business that does it has federal contracts it's not right for the federal government to come in and rewrite those contracts and then try to shoehorn this in and then if you don't comply so you either have to fire people or if you don't comply they'll just cancel the contract entirely even though this is something that you bid for and you won fair and square not the way that's not the way we think business should be done we don't think that they have the authority uh, to do that we know that it, it exceeds the administration's authority under the current law and constitution, and and I think we're going to be successful uh, in this in this regard. Not all states are like New York. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, joining us next. But first, speaking about uncomfortable, there's a conversation I hate having. I have it, but I hate having it. The security of my text messages my emails. It's not good. Whatever carrier you have, whatever, whoever your email provider is, they're selling your data. They are reading your stuff. It is not secure. And frankly, they couldn't even make it secure if they wanted to because of all these crazy laws we have now in the big tech companies. But there is one out there where it is secure because it's hosted in Switzerland, not here. They're not subject to these wild laws or big tech it's called Secure with a K. If you go to secure.com and use the promo code Jesse, 
For $7.50 a month, you get an email provider that will never sell your data, no snooping, and there never will be because they can't get to them. How cool is that? Secure.com promo code JESSE. We'll be back. Joining me now, he's always so good on the show, former congressman from North Carolina, chief of staff for the president himself, President Donald Trump, and now author of a new book called The Chief's Chief, which I would highly recommend if you actually want to know how it works up there. Mark Meadows joins us now. Congressman, let's begin at the beginning. I cringe to even say this because I love my country and I don't like it embarrassed. Uh, Joe Biden is getting ready to go to Europe. And I've got a little video here. Last time he went, he embarrassed us. Donald Trump somehow never embarrassed us and always made us look better. Here's a little video of the difference between the two. Man, I miss that guy. <laughs> I miss him too. Jesse, let me just tell you, every time I see that video, I laugh, I smile, because it reminds me of one thing. President Trump would always push everybody aside, and he said, wait just a minute. It's America first, baby. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and we've, we've got Joe Biden going abroad. And, and listen, the Pope doesn't even want to be seen with him. His, his polling numbers are so bad. Now his meeting with the Pope is going to be off the record. They're not going to have cameras. So even the Pope understands it's not good to be seen uh, with Joe Biden uh, out in the in the press. Congressman, can you explain to me something about the reason Donald Trump's foreign policy was so successful? Because I, in the very beginning, I was not a Trump fan. And then, I mean, I was amazed at how good he did as president, but especially foreign policy. I never saw that coming. He'd never even been in politics. Why was Donald Trump good at foreign policy? I never could figure it out because he didn't play politics with it, Jesse. Let, and let me just tell you, I was in the room, and, and I cover this in some of the book, but when he's actually talking to world leader, leaders, whether it's Putin or, uh, or the leader of China or Germany or any of the other countries, you know, he would have a frank conversation with them if they didn't see it his way. He didn't back off. He says, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the way it's going to be. Uh, they respected that power. You know, uh, I, I think it was Teddy Roosevelt said, walk softly and carry a big stick. Uh, actually, uh, President Trump didn't necessarily walk softly. We had the big stick in terms of our military and economic might, but he didn't have to use it because he was willing to let people know that he meant what he said. Listen, we've got two foreign leaders two foreign leaders who uh, who have now looked the other way. Uh, when you look at China and the way that they've interacted with Joe Biden, the way they interacted with President Trump is totally different. And Russia, they've gotten their pipeline. When President Trump said no to the pipeline, um, you know, Joe Biden says yes to Russia and no to the United States. It was, you're right, his foreign policy was the biggest surprise. And, uh, and candidly, it's what I miss. 
Congressman, I, I say, I'm not putting these words in your mouth, obviously, but I say all the time the destruction is intentional. But when you bring up things like you just brought up there, how am I supposed to take that any other way? Joe Biden walks into the Oval Office. He immediately stops any drilling on federal land, stops the Keystone Pipeline, and then gives Russia the sign-off. How am I supposed to take that any other way than being anti-American and intentionally trying to hurt us? Well, listen, we can tell you a lot of the, uh, the decisions coming out of the Oval Office now are not only intentional, but they are intentional with a design purpose to say that America is not exceptional. Listen, it wasn't too long ago when there was an apology tour across the globe by President Barack Obama. Now we say apology tour 2.0 with Joe Biden going uh, abroad to say, well, there's nothing really exceptional about America or the American people. The only people that believe that are the leftists that are in control of, of the White House right now. And quite frankly, uh, a few of the communist uh, leaders, but they even respect our power. But you're right. It, it is intentional. And sadly, unless they correct it, uh, it's the American people that are going to have to pay the price. They are going to have to pay the price. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, too, because we're getting more and more of a window into how the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal went down. And apparently we just, on orders from the White House, filled up planes with unvetted people from Afghanistan and not only brought them here, turned them loose already in American society. A, a young lady, I believe it was in Montana, was already raped by one of these guys. It's, it's just detestable in any way. And I don't understand how anyone, even a Democrat, could sign off on things like this that are just so obviously damaging. Well, they're damaging. And here's the interesting thing is they filled up those planes with unvetted Afghanistans while leaving Americans behind. And, and all the time, that's, that's why it's intentional. Because President Trump, when given the same option of leaving Americans behind, he said, no, we're going to continue to stay there until every American, every uh, American ally, and quite frankly, our planes and our Humvees and uh, much of our military equipment, we get that out. But yet the White House, what were they doing when they did all of it? Oh, we're vetting all of these people. Let me just tell you, they, they couldn't vet it because they didn't have the, the documents to vet it. And they were relying on the Taliban. I mean, how can you rely on terrorists to do your vetting? Congressman, China, you brought up China earlier. Donald Trump was really good at dealing with them. They hate us, and yet he was able to deal with them. Why? Was it just the respect thing you were talking about before? Well, part of it was the respect, but the other part is, is he was willing to do something that, quite frankly, no one, uh, in fact, many uh, Republicans didn't want to do. He was willing to put tariffs on their products. He was willing to actually have an e economic uh, battle with them. And, you know, he says, if you're going to bring your might, we'll bring our might economically. He was willing to actually engage them, but do it without folding. You know, it was interesting. Uh, one, of, one of the scenarios that I talk about in the book there, uh, Jesse, is the fact that so many times all President Trump had to do is say, why are we doing this? This is not fair. This is not fair to the American people. Why are you taking advantage of us? And why are we spending billions of dollars to help you out? Uh, he, he did that with a number of uh, 
uh, foreign leaders across the way from both allies and adversaries where he just said, listen, we're going to not spend the money and do it. And yet what happened is they're afraid of the fact that Donald Trump was willing to follow through with it. You know, uh, the, the biggest part of that, Jesse, is this. Uh, they had seen the way that he had taken out Soleimani and, and uh, al-Baghdadi and, and when others did not uh, even dare to do that. And he did that against some of the advice of his uh, military advisors. And yet they understood that he was not wanting to engage them militarily, but he wasn't going to be taken uh, advantage of economically. And so we have got the, the greatest workforce in, on the face of the globe, and he let China know that. The book is The Chief's Chief. Tell me something we're going to learn in this book. Listen, you're going to be able to see a, a, a number of scenarios where Donald Trump was willing to take on Dr. Fauci, he was willing to take on uh, General Milley. He was willing to take on, uh, at great risk, make decisions in the, in the middle of the night, oftentimes for the advantage of the American people. What you will also see is all the books that the left and even some of the Trump haters have put out. I will come against many of those and show you where the true story was. And I think for those that love the fact that Donald Trump was their president, they'll love this book. Congressman, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. The book is The Chief's Chief, everyone. Go get it. Thanks, Jesse. Good to be with you. All right. We have This Week in Wokeism next. That's going to be good fun, as it always is. Well, it'll be horrible, but it'll also be good fun. But first, I know we talk a lot about the debt on this show and the inflation and people are losing jobs. And personal debt is piling up right now. And I get it. And you're never going to get any judgment out of me. I've been in debt myself before. If you owe $10,000 or more, stop wrestling with it every single month. Stop doing that thing. I know what you do. Of, of Should we pay this one? No, they can, they can probably wait one more month. We'll pay that. You don't have to do that anymore. Make one phone call. Total financial freedom. One phone call. 877-332-8291. Tell them Jesse told you to call. They will help. There's no situation you, you, you could possibly be in they haven't seen before. They're not going to judge you. You're not going to shock them. They're just there to help. 877-332-8291. Total financial freedom. Tell them Jesse told you to call. We'll be back. The State Department. It's a pretty important deal, right? United States State Department? Gosh, they must, they must be doing really important stuff over there. Really important stuff. I mean, it's the Department of the State. God, my goodness, they're working with all these other nations and diplomatic relations, and it's critical. They have to be all over things. And I'm sure, I mean, they've, they've probably moved past the fact that they took over operations in Afghanistan and promptly engineered the worst foreign policy disaster we've seen since Vietnam. But I want you to know, I want you to know, as you'll see from this video, they saw the disaster of Vietnam and they went back to the drawing board. And now, now, no more playing games. They're worried about the important things. Here's the State Department spokesman. As President Biden and Secretary Blinken have made clear, it is the policy of the United States to pursue an end to violence and discrimination on the basis of gender, of sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, or sex characteristics. 
The Department of State is committed to promoting the freedom, the dignity, and equality of all persons, including, of course, intersex persons, and we will continue to do that. Do you ever feel old? I I'm only 40. I feel old sometimes when I watch these people. Inters intersex persons? <laughs> you know what? Forget it. Uh, in celebration of Intersex Day, the United States has issued its first passport with an X gender marker. It is meant for people who don't identify as male or female. I mean, I shouldn't laugh because we obviously are a complete laughing stock in front of the world right now, but really? I mean, this, this is how bad it's gotten? And look, how often have we talked about being more purposeful with where we spend and don't spend our money? And I fail all the time too. When I, when I talk about this with you, understand I'm never judging you. I'm trying to get better every day. It's hard to live in this world and not spend any money with crazy people, right? Who are trying to trash your culture. But look, I've, I've got to ask. Are you going to watch this new commercial from Twix and then run out and grab a Twix bar because you need a candy fix? You! Princess! You look like a girl! Why are you wearing that? Dressing like this makes me feel good. Is that your nanny? She looks weird. You look weird, your nanny looks weird, you guys are both weird. No, we're just different. Boys don't wear dresses. buy Twix today? You can keep funding that? I tell you, and this kind of constant propaganda bombardment, it kills kids. If you talk to teachers and, and guidance counselors out there today, the percentage of kids out there who are trying this mixed gender insanity, the numbers are skyrocketing. Because it's everywhere these kids look. It's the music they listen to. It's their TV commercials. It's everywhere. Look at these freaking kids. Look at these kids. You don't just come out like this, like this. You come out like this because society is telling you that's what you should do. Jiggle, jiggle, pop, pop my hips, let her rock, okay? Swing, 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 run my weave in tight. Hi-ya! Hit her with the boom. Dynamite, hi-ya! Reggie and my booty feeling tight. Remember what I said about feeling old? And I will tell you, I'll tell you, producer wanted me to put this out, and I am going to go ahead and put it out. I have a lot of friends, just because of what I do, the TV and radio thing, I have a lot of friends in Congress and Senate. And I had a, one of my buddies as a chief of staff for a, a Republican member of Congress, and he texted me this the other day, and look, I laughed. I thought it was hilarious, but it is pretty revealing, right? He sent me this text message that basically said, you can read it right there. I, I had to clip it, so I'm, I'm not going to reveal his name. Hey, all these congressmen and senators and administration officials, they send my stuff around all the time when I rant about this stuff, but they can't... What's that word? 
politically share it? Man alive, is that where we are now? It's that, is that where we are now? They can't politically share it? Gosh, that sucks. All right, we got John Phillips next. <laughs> Flippingmadeeasy.com. That's where you go to learn how to flip houses. And no, it's not just an article or two. It's maybe the best website I've ever seen. And when I say that, I mean this. Let's say right now you have some interest in flipping houses, but you don't know anything, nothing. You've never done it before. It's seen maybe a TV show or two, but you don't know anything about it. Flippingmadeeasy.com, it's all you need. It's all you need. Yeah, there's all kinds of advice there and articles from experts and all this other stuff. There's that. But you want to know what opportunities there are for flipping in your area? In your area? It's at flippingmadeeasy.com. If you need help, and you're undoubtedly going to need help from vendors, things you can't do, an electrician, an AC guy, something like that, that's at flippingmadeeasy.com too. Go to flippingmadeeasy.com right now. Sign up. Platinum membership. Use the promo code JESSE. You get some extra fun stuff. Flippingmadeeasy.com. Promo code JESSE. We'll be back. Joining me now, my friend John Phillips of The Great John Phillips Show on KABC in Los Angeles. He's also a columnist. John, I have a question for you about the palace intrigue in general we're seeing with the Democratic Party. We'll get specific here in a minute, but you're always so good at this stuff. It seems like there's a lot of fighting now. Not that that's that abnormal, but it seems like there's a lot now. Is it because they're not popular? Is it one of those things when you're losing, everyone's pointing fingers at someone else? Is that where this fighting's coming from? Well, they have very thin margins. And in the United States, it's not Europe, where you have 9,000 different political parties, and you have people in the Democratic Party who think like Joe Manchin, and you have people in the Democratic Party who think like the squad. And they need all of them to vote together 100% of the time for them to get anything done and it's just not possible on most subjects. And they're learning this the hard way right now with infrastructure. But, you know, just go across the board. All of Joe Biden's agenda will require all of those people to vote for it. And I just don't see that happening. And I think the fighting is going to get nastier and more vicious. And I personally am enjoying every single minute of it. <laughs> Me too, my friend. Me too. And I do. I, look, I've got to ask. It seems like, and I don't want this to be the case, it seems like the radical, full-blown communist AOC, Cori Bush types, John, how am I supposed to take this as any other way than them being in charge? I mean, remember, Nancy Pelosi almost didn't come back for her speakership again. And these it's the communists who are stopping all this stuff as much as it is Manchin and everyone else. I don't know that they're going to get anything passed. This is the future of the party, right? I mean, Nancy Pelosi's 9,000 and Cori Bush is like 40. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, as zany as Nancy Pelosi is, she's the best one they got. She is a gangster through and through, and she controls those votes like no other Democrat would be capable of controlling. When she gets knocked out after the midterm elections, when she loses the speakership and she goes back to San Francisco and eats her chocolate, whoever replaces her is not gonna do anywhere near the job that Nancy Pelosi was doing. If you think it's chaos now, you just wait until after the midterms. You know, 
I'll be honest with you, John, you do this a lot. I had never even thought about the anarchy that will be the Democrats in Congress without Nancy Pelosi's heavy hand out there keeping everybody in line. We're about to lose the Godfather. <laughs> so, all right, hey, I want to play you this from uh, both of our friends, Jack Posobiec. Watch this. Kamala Harris and her team are referring to him as the Titanic behind his back. I also got word that Jill Biden over the weekend was actually asking around if there's any way to remove a sitting vice president from the United States. That's how bad it is in the White House. Okay, break this rivalry down for me. Is it just as simple as they're still mad about Harris going full race card on Biden in the debate? Is it because Dome is just naturally unpopular anyway? What is it? Well, I think that's a huge part of it, at least for Jill Biden. I mean, she practically called the guy David Duke. How do you walk she that did. back? <laughs> she and then, <laughs> as vice president, everything she has touched has turned to dirt, I, whether it's the border, whether it's meeting with the Texas Democrats who came to Washington, D.C. and exposing everyone to COVID. Uh, she's had a horrible tenure as vice president. And let me tell you, the biggest problem, though, out of all of these things for Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, and congressional Democrats is the inflation and the rise in costs across the board. It's not just big ticket items, it's all the way down to milk and things that you get at the grocery store. And they have no idea how to fix it. I mean, you look at the coast of Los Angeles, the coast of Long Beach, the only thing we can import right now from China is a virus. Everything else is out <laughs> in the ocean. So until Hunter Biden can't get his crack, I guess we're gonna have to just deal with this and, and then just flailing around like fish on the, on the deck of a boat. But until, unless and until they fix that, the fighting with one another, the horrible poll numbers, all of that is going to continue and it's going to get worse. And we got an election in Virginia coming up, an election that the Democrats thought they had in the bag. Republicans could win that. And the other thing I'd point out is keep an eye on New Jersey, too. That's a heavily Democratic state, a deep blue state, and the Republican in that race is polling within the margin of error. So that one could flip as well. If Virginia and New Jersey go against the Democrats, the midterms are going to be an absolute bloodbath. And if you think Kamala is under Joe Biden's bed with an ice pick now, just give it a little time. All right. I have to, I have to ask you about one thing specifically you just said. Actually, I'll let Jen Psaki do most of the talking here. Watch this. What's your message to Americans who are still so worried about getting their Christmas gifts on time? Halloween, is this going to be happening at a fast enough pace? Well, I think our message is uh, that, one, what's happening right now, uh, and I wish I had the chart, but we'll give it to all of you afterwards, is that uh, so many people across the country are purchasing more goods online. Maybe some of it is from habits that developed during the pandemic when people weren't leaving their homes. Some of it is because we've seen an economic recovery that has been underway for the last nine months where five million more people are working. The unemployment rate has been cut in half, and that is leading to a massive increase in volume. That's what's happening at ports. But what we would tell people is we are addressing and attacking the supply chain issues, even with the increased volume, which is the root cause here. John, I, look, I love, I, love, I love when they do the sky is green routine because it makes me come back to my theory that I love so much. But it, you mentioned earlier, they have no idea how to fix it. But here's what's weird. I know how to fix it. Uh, I'm an idiot. I, I went to community college. I, I grew up in construction. 
I know how to fix it. I'm positive a smart guy like you knows how to fix it. So don't tell me they don't know how to fix it. They do. Why don't they? Well, because then you'd have to do things like let older trucks pick up containers from the Port of Long Beach and the Port of Los Angeles. And if you subscribe to the Green New Deal, that's just not possible. You have to stop paying people more to sit at home than you would for them to go to work. So you have breakdowns all across the supply chain. They have zero interest in fixing either one of those two things. So I guess they're more comfortable just canceling Christmas. And I, I love that she's trying to spin this into a positive thing. Like the economy is just so strong. So don't worry about the fact that the shelves at the grocery store and Target are empty. That's a good thing. What are parents supposed to do if they can't buy Christmas gifts? Tell the kids that Santa died of COVID? I, I saw the price of eggs. Eggs was up 12%. And, and I shouldn't be laughing because here's the truth of it. That's real people. Real people can't afford that. I mean, people can't just afford an increase of even 5% of everything they buy or, or life changes, let alone. And that number is going up 12, 20%, depending on what it is. And I, I've said this from the beginning. Jen Psaki is the wrong person for the job because she can't possibly stop with the smug reactions to it. That's not going to work, John, in a couple months when people can't buy toilet paper. That's not going to work. That smug uh, kind of a, a witch routine, it's not going to work. <laughs> Have you seen the price of produce? The only fruit in my house is on the Trix box now. <laughs> it's true. All right. Joe Biden got up today. I, I, I love this. These people... The, the reality they live in. This is what Joe Biden had to say today about electric cars. We'll build out the first ever national network of 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations all across the country. So when you buy an electric vehicle and you get credit for buying it, you buy an electric vehicle, you go all the way across America on a single tank of gas, figuratively speaking. It's not gas. You plug it in. All the way on just just a single plug-in, John. Well, that's funny because my best buddy has a Tesla, and he has to stop every 250 miles for a half hour. That's if he gets right up to the charging station and plugs it in. But I've, Joe Biden apparently has a new electric car. Yeah, no, I, I live here in the desert. A lot of my friends live in Los Angeles. They come visit me. And the ones with electric cars have to stop halfway here, stop in San Bernardino, so they can charge it up. And I, I asked them... Why in the world would you do that? You're going to get murdered <laughs> stopping at a gas station in the middle of the night uh, in California. And it's just, it's a, it's virtue signaling. It's a badge of honor for these people. They don't care that they don't work that well. And market forces will determine when electric cars get to a point to where most people find them useful. But until then, you can subsidize them all you want. If you got to stop every 50 miles to charge it, no one outside of that tiny little group of people has any interest in that. It's so true what you just so said about the, these people. It is virtue signaling to them. It's, 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 like, it's like any other religion. That's their sacrifice on the altar. I'm going to do something I know that sucks because it makes me feel better. John Phillips, everybody. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. All right. Time for Lighten the Mood. Next. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. And I've got to tell you, high school football games were sweet, right? I admit I don't really go anymore. I'm too old for that. But when I was in high school, when you were in high school, wasn't was the Friday night football game awesome? But as much fun as I used to have, 
We never had any halftime shows like this. You can say that's not real all you want, but ow. All right. I'll see you tomorrow.